0: So when you're in the middle of a fight, look at your enemy and tell him this.
1: Call me regime
0: Oh, you know why?
1: That is my name. To, come on, how many of y'all are gonna go on? A band, are you part of the band? A come on. They know their rights. They're gonna, gonna take the That's what you gotta do. Take all their power comes from the Father. They're going on it. They're gonna take the land. How many of you going on? So strong, getting strong then and stronger and stronger. Yes. Every generation always has a fighting battle song. Yes, Everyone does. And I th- I, that's why I love to bring, keep that song alive. Because I don't know anybody else who's singing it. You know what I mean? There are songs that we try to keep alive for this generation. They need to hear these songs. They just don't need to hear one kind of song or two kind of songs. They need to hear these things too. Hallelujah. When this song. Oh man. Okay. Ah. Okay, we'll do it at the end. Oh man, this song you guys would love. We will. I got I'm not a slave anymore. Ooh. Hallelujah. Oh. Praise the Lord. It's got some, you know what I mean? It's got some, you know, some, some people in here know what I mean. Praise oh, the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord.
0: We will, we'll, I'll remember. That, yeah. Okay. James 5 verse 7 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. Be patient, he, sa- he talks about, be patient uh, uh, one translation says, "As you wait till the coming of the Lord, see how the farmer waits expectantly for the precious fruit of the earth." Don't you like that? Amen. Expecting something, Amen. expecting it. He says, uh, "For uh, till he receives the early and latter rain, you also be patient or expect it." You also. Be patient. You also expect it. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Woo! One translation says, the coming of the Lord is very near. Oh, praise the Lord. So why does he say that? Uh, what, what is it that uh, he says you are to expect? Uh, he says for the uh, rain. He says, expect the rain. I write, like what Brother Hagin said about the rain in his teaching on uh, the precious fruit of the earth. I wrote it down. He said, what is the rain? For any harvest to be reaped, not only does seed have to be sown, but rain has to fall. I don't care how good the seed of the ground is, we must have rain if we're going to reap a harvest. He said, spiritually speaking, the illustration of rain is used in connection with the Holy Spirit throughout the Bible. We see in Hosea 6 that the Lord's coming unto us will also be like the rain, Hosea 6, 3. He shall come to us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. This is the way God's blessing will come. They will fall on us. Uh, uh, Rain is the way spiritual revival will come to this earth. Rain is the way spiritual revival will come to this earth. And before the Lord's return, there will be a visitation of the Lord that will be an outpouring of his power and his spirit. I believe it. Are you expecting it? Is there anything we can do, he says, to hasten the Lord's return? Yes, we can ask for the rain. Yes, ask for the rain, Zechariah 10, 1 said. Ask for the rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright bright clouds and give showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. Some may wonder why doesn't God just send the rain? Why do we have to ask? John Wesley said, I'm still quoting from brother Hagen's book. It seems God can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him to do it. And then he makes this statement in asking for the rain, we are asking for the harvest. The rain is for the harvest. We are asking for an outpouring of the Spirit of God and a manifestation of the power of God. Come on, he says, ask for the rain in the time of the latter rain. The uh, the outpouring of the Spirit of God. And then I wrote this. Is there an answer from heaven for the drought of the day? Is there an answer from heaven For the drought of today, anybody think there might be a little drought going on in some places where there's not an awareness of or or it seems as though people have become lost an awareness of God? Is there an answer from heaven for the drought of today? Yes, there is power and an answer from heaven to move things out of the way, to bring change in the lives of men and women so the harvest can be reaped. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, uh, there are two scriptures that tell us about what happened. How many of you have ever heard uh, someone tell the story about the rain when Elijah prayed? That story is told in 1 Kings chapter 17 and 18. But in James chapter 5 verse 17 and 18 of James 5 literally is the condensed version of 1 Kings 17 18. In James 5, 17 through 18, it says it like this. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth for the space of three and a half years. He prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. One translation says it like this. Um, he, he, he prayed again and the heavens supplied rain and the land produced its crops as usual. This is my favorite one. The showers came and everything started growing again. Woo! You're never too dead for a resurrection. Everything started growing again. And so, I mean, I was in my room today. I had my notes all planned out. But I started looking at some scriptures on the rain. Not planned on it. I don't even know how I got there. But it was like, you got to say these words to this church. Because this church is a vital part of the harvest and the rain that must come. So the harvest can be reaped. And so, hallelujah. And so, 1 Kings chapter 17, if you read now, 1 Kings chapter 17 is the uh, elongated version of James 5, 17. In fact, 1 Kings chapter 17 is the first time Elijah ever shows up in the scriptures. You know, the man in verse 17 of James 5 that's described as a man subject to like passions as we are. In other words... He was just a man who had the same natural tendencies that you do. He was just a man. Why do we know Elijah's name? Because according to 1 Kings chapter 17, when it talks about Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17, it says, Elijah, verse 1, first time his name ever shows up. Elijah the Tishbite, a, a resident of Gilead, said to Ahab, This is why we know Elijah's name, because he said to Ahab, As the Lord thy God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years according to my word. Woo! You know what Elijah did? He said, There is an answer from heaven in this hour, and I choose to be a part of the answer. He faced Ahab with a word, what, his word? No, with a word from God. Come on, and the Bible says when he faced Ahab with a word from God, it set some things into action that began to cause something to, the answer from heaven to come. But he didn't just come like that. It didn't just happen. Now, 1 Kings 17 He's living in the middle of answered prayer, but he's living it out. What happens in 1 Kings chapter 17? The word of the Lord then comes to Elijah and he says, Get, leave this place. Go to this other place, uh, the ravine. Go there. You'll drink from the brook. I've directed a raven to supply food for you there. So he did what the Lord told him to do. He went to this place. He stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, in the evening, and he drank from the work. God's word obeyed brought the protection and the provision that was necessary for the fulfillment of God's word all he had to do was obey God's word you can't teach obedience you gotta live obedience and I got news for you it's a daily thing you said I did it yesterday well guess what you get to do it again. And so here is God's word. Here he is. So he's fed by the raven. The raven had already been commanded by God to feed him. All he had to do was just walk it out. He's living in the middle of answer prayer. Come on. Are you living in the middle of answered prayer? Come on. Keep going. Come on, so he's right in the middle of it. And so just remember, if you're ever moving with God, just remember he's already on the move. He's not playing catch-up either. Oh, no, far above. Remember, uh, it, so here it is. Uh, he, I'm going to skip over some of this because I know it's Wednesday night. I understand. But, but I'm telling you, the word of God that, bring, that is brought forth to your life tonight, I believe it's all about the harvest the harvest the rain must come so the harvest can be reaped and so the word of the Lord came to Elijah after he went to the brook and sometime later the brook dried up cause there'd been no rain in the land so now the brook's dried up what is Elijah doing he's probably getting hungry and thirsty the brook's dried up and the Bible says that uh, th- uh, the word of the Lord came to him thank God the word of the Lord comes and he says go to Zarephath in the region of Sidon stay there I've directed a widow to supply you with food. A what? A widow. Now if you're thinking I'm going where the supply the supply is you probably would not think I'm going to go to a widow's house who's about to eat her last meal because she has nothing and it's all over for her as, as far as she's concerned. I'm going, that's the house I'm going to. I'm telling you that because this is, he is living in the middle of answered prayer. Oh, the rain's coming, but Elijah's got to get to chapter 18. How's he going to get there? First, he's by a brook being fed by a raven. Figure that one out. And now he's on his way to a widow's house who the Bible says as he gets there, he, so he goes and she's gathering sticks. He says, would you give me something? I need a little drink. She said, uh, she got him for it and she said, give me a piece of bread. And he says, uh, uh, as surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread. <laughs> oh, I must have gone to the wrong house. No, you're in exactly the right place. Oh. Woo! I said you're in the middle of answered prayer, and so she says. So she says, I don't have any bread, a handful of flour in a jar, a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home, make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Mic drop. Oh, okay. <laughs> He, oh, But he says, he says to her, to her though, but he says to her, she, she, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's like he knew he had heard the word of the Lord. She's in the middle. It looks, she thinks of the last of her life. But here he says, don't be afraid. He says, go home and do as you said, but first just make me a small loaf. For me, of what you have, bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. You think he was coming up with this? No. He was walking it out by faith. And the Bible says, he says to her, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends he said the rain is on its way he said i'm just in the middle of an answered prayer i just happen to be right you he's telling her you are in the middle of an answered prayer of it. She went her way and did Eli- exactly what Elijah told her to do. And the Bible says there was food every day for Elijah, the woman, her family. The jar of flour was not used up. The jug of oil did not run dry, did not, did not uh, uh, run dry, but it was in keeping with the word of the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember. She was a widow who had nothing getting ready to die. You may have a bad day. But I believe she might have been a little worse off. What changed? What changed it? She obeyed the word of the Lord. And this is what I wrote down. She became the person who kept alive the move of God. Elisha, the prophet, was kept alive by a starving, bankrupt widow woman. Come on now. Don't tell me you don't have something. Don't tell me you're not a part of what God's doing today. Don't tell me God can't use what you got. You're in the middle of answered prayer. He has promised he'd send rain on the earth. He has said, "Expect it. Come on, wait for it. For the early, it's coming. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Come on, Woo. oh praise the Lord!" Sometimes, so let me get over here now, just real quick. Now, this is a Wednesday night condensed version, but you can get the, you can get the idea. So now we got to get to James five eighteen where it says, here he is, this man, Elisha. He prayed again, and the heavens supplied rain, and the land produced its crops. Or as I, I like this uh, uh, message, I think it is, the showers came, and everything started growing again. Amen. Woo! What happened? That's James 5.18, but if you read First Kings 18... You get the details. You read the. You get the details. So in James 5, uh, I mean in 1 Kings chapter 18, here is the answer from heaven. And as we're reading, I'm going to, well, I mean, I'm not going to read this first part because of time, but it gets down here. I w- hold on here. I want to look. Oh, so we can go to midnight, Pastor said. Well, you can go. <laughs> See, the, you do notice you did hear the laugh, right? And he. so he says, I didn't hear any. Yeah, go for it, sister. And so, verse 1 says, It came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. And he said, Go present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the earth. Oh, come on now. You say, Well, I prayed about it. Yeah, but you're living in the middle of answered prayer. And so here's Elijah. This is the verse, chapter 5:18. In James, it's like real pretty. But get over here. This is where it came from in 1 Kings 18. And so uh, I'll get down here. And he says he, he's meeting Ahab. And it goes on here. And Ahab comes to, I mean, Elijah then goes to the people because uh, in verse 21, he comes to his people. Now, listen, sometimes we think, that if the world or people who don't love God would just do things differently, that things would be better. But I'm here to tell you that Elisha is talking to the Lord's people. And this is what he says to them. He says in 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, verse 21, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, now listen, he's already lived. This is what he, First Kings 17 is when he first shows up. How did he get here? He did exactly what he's telling them to do. He said, if the Lord is God, follow him. If the Lord is God, just do what he says do. It's not a complicated formula. It seems like it when you're in the middle of it. But I'm telling you, he's the same in the beginning, in the middle, and to the very last day. And so the Bible says, he said, how long will you uh, uh, waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. And the people said nothing. Just let me read you a few of these. He says, "The New Living Translation." Elijah stood in front of them and said, "How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal is God, then follow Him." But the people were completely silent. I like this one. Uh, this one, where uh, where this is one of my favorite ones. He says. Um, how long are you going to be, this is the net Bible, how long are you going to be paralyzed by indecision? Oh, oh that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. How the God's Word translation says, Elijah stood up in front of all the people, and he asked them, how long will you try to have it both ways? Oh. Oh. Woo, come on now. Oh. You say, I wish things would change. The problem (laughs) of the day is not so much because of what the world is choosing. It's what God's people are choosing. Or you could say, not choosing. When you're silent, you lose by default. Elijah was looking for somebody who could look right in the face of Ahab and say, God's going to send rain on this earth. Come on now. I believe God's going to send rain today. How many of you believe it? Praise the Lord. Well, come on, let me read See, I just want you to get this now because I know you're living in the middle of stuff. Right in the middle of it. This is- you say, well, what's all this about? It's all about the rain. It's all about the harvest. It's all about you obeying and following and continuing what God is saying. You say, what do you do when you're in the middle of it? Follow God. Amen. Follow him. He said, "There is an." He, Elijah knows there's an answer coming. He knows it, but he's looking at God's people and he's saying, You must not be silent. This is your day to be a part of answered prayer. And so the Bible says that in 1 Kings 18 verse 41, Elijah says to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. Now, if you have a hard time with people walking by faith and not by sight, you need to read this story. Cause he was living in the middle of a three-year drought and not a drop of rain has started to fall and Elisha said I hear it I hear it he didn't hear it in the natural he heard it on the inside yeah, come on this is how you live in the middle of answered prayer I hear I hear the sound of a heavy rain, and so Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elisha climbed up to Mount Carmel. Remember what it says in James 5:18? He prayed again. Well, this is where it came from. He climbed up to Mount Carmel and he bit down to the ground. He put his face between his knees and he said to his servant, Come on, brother, listen to this. He said to his servant, You go, you look toward the sea. And he went, his servant went and looked, and he came back and said, I don't see nothing. What did Elijah say? Well, pack it up. Pack it up. Ain't nothing happening. We must have missed it. No. You know what Elisha said? Elisha said to his servant, go again. Go again. And I love this. It says, he said, there's nothing there. Seven times Elisha said, go again. Seven times Elisha told that servant, go look again. What if that servant has said, you know, Elisha, I know you've hit some high spots in life, but I don't think this is one of them. I know. It's like that pastor that preached on Sunday morning, and afterwards somebody came up and said, boy, pastor, that was a great sermon. And he said, oh, it was just all God. And that guy looked at him and said, well, it wasn't that good. like it. God, Elijah said, it's all God. And his servants come back and saying, it ain't that good. I don't see nothing. No, Elisha said, you go again. And thank God he had somebody on his team, somebody he could say, go again. And that servant said, I'll do it. I'll do it. And on the seventh time, he came back and he said to Elisha, he said, I see a cloud as small as a man's hand rising from the sea. I don't know if he had his glasses on. I don't know how big that cloud was. But what the servant was saying is, it ain't a gusher. (laughs) It's just a cloud the size of a man's hand but do you know what Elisha said the minute he heard that report he said go and tell Ahab hit your chariot up and go down before the rain starts to fall in other words Elisha said it may look small but it's the beginning of something big big The Bible says Elijah pulled up his garment and he began. The clouds began. The sky got dark with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain began to fall and the power of the Lord came on Elisha. He tucked up his cloak in his belt and he ran all the way to Jezreel. In fact, the Bible says he outran Ahab's chariot. What it's like. Now you may think that if you just practice enough, you'll be able to do that too. But it ain't going to come because you can run a four minute mile. You know what he did? You know what this is telling me? Ahab had the best chariots, the best horses in the land. But there's one thing Ahab didn't have. He did not have the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord, obedience, is what brings the anointing. And Elisha pulled up his cloak and he started to run because he knew. You may think nothing's happening, but I'm here to tell you, this is it. This is the answer. This is the answer. Woo! You say, how did that answer come? Somebody think it just came? He had to go again his servant did. Seven times. And this is what uh, when I was reading this, I, I, there's lots of things I have on this, but but this is what I got when I was uh, go again. Here, uh, expect again. Look again. Pray again. Praise again. Believe again. Because God can make things live again. Woo! have a go again command from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. In Matthew 26, Jesus approached the 11 disciples after he had uh, uh, risen from the dead and he said to them, all authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go then and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all the days perpetually, uniformly, this is the Amplified, on every occasion to the very close and consummation of the age. Amen. The Message Bible says it like this. I'll be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up until the very end. Do it again. And again and again and again. Amen. Amen. I hear the sound of the army of the Lord. I hear the sound of people who are rising up and saying, We're going to do it again, Lord. We're going to do it again, Lord. Because why will you say that? Because you hear from James 5 17 and 18. He says, wait. I like, in fact, one translation where he says, be patient, for the coming of the Lord is near. The Strong's Concordance says this about that word be long spirited. long-spirited. That means don't just shout on Wednesday. Don't just pray on Wednesday. Don't just sing on Sunday. But do it again and again and again. Come on, believe again. Is there something you kind of let go of? I don't care if you're a widow woman who's almost at her death's door. Come on, the word of the Lord will cause you to be a part of an answered prayer. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Everybody say, I'll do it again. 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 Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, because we are part of your family. Yeah, let's do that. We are part of your people. You have called us to this place and this hour, and we, are a part of the answer thank you Lord oh we thank you I thank you for that anointing I thank you for that help from heaven oh just remember you're a part of the family of God when you look at a family picture what's the first thing you probably look for yourself well guess what that's what you have in christ this is my family
1: portrait it's me and jesus you can hardly tear the two of us apart.
0: The Lord. You know why we sing this song? I want you to use it as a place where you can make a public affirmation to God and to all the church. I'm going to do it again. French. We sing it like
1: this. Oh, Seigneur, louange à ton nom Oh, Seigneur, qu'à ton nom et digne d'être loué J'ai chanté louange à ton nom.
0: To stand to your feet, you may—I'm not, not saying you said you're gonna not—you're gonna quit, but you just want to make a right in the face of the enemy of your soul. Say, I believe the word of God, and I'm gonna do it again. And when we sing together, we start singing this as we get to this next chorus. If that's you, I just want you to stand to your feet. Because I'm telling you, the devil is defeated. And the word of the Lord is sure. And God wants you to be a part of the answered prayer. Come on, let's sing it together. I sing praises to your name.
1: Stay.